Hey there, Mike Stelzner coming to you with a fascinating update you might not be familiar with. Did you know that Social Media Examiner can deliver all the marketing, training, news, and trends, insights that you need into your inbox three days a week when you sign up for our newsletter and it's completely free? Simply visit socialmediaexaminer.com slash get updates and take your marketing to the next level. And now for today's episode. Welcome to the Social Media Marketing Podcast, helping you navigate the social media jungle. And now, here is your host, Michael Stelzner. Hello, hello, hello. Thank you so much for joining me for the Social Media Marketing Podcast, brought to you by socialmediaexaminer.com. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner, and this is the podcast for marketers and business owners who want to know what works with social media. Today, I'll be joined by Jay Bear. And we're going to talk about some really fascinating concepts that he refers to as talk triggers. And it's really all about how to get your customers to evangelize your business. I think you will find it absolutely fascinating. And by the way, if you want to reach out to me, simply email podcast at socialmediaexaminer.com. And now for this week's brand new discovery. Helping you stay alive in the social jungle. Here is this week's survival tip. This week, I'm joined by Eric Fisher with a brand new discovery. What'd you find, Eric? I found a cool tool that you told me about. (laughs) This is the Movie Pro app. And this is, I have to say, after trying it out, probably the most powerful iOS video recording app that there is. Tell us more. So not only does it have a lot of the normal just, you know, you can change all the different uh, resolutions that you can record in, whether you want to go just 720 or 1080p or even 4K. But on top of that, there is a whole lot of tweaks and professional type things that you can do with this when it comes to Bluetooth audio, audio monitoring through your headphones, especially, you know, like you and I do with the AirPods. Right. That's a, that's a huge deal. Um, and you were talking about this, that a lot of the people that you were, when you were at uh, VidCon were, were touting this as like, dude, you've got to do this app. Well, this and the here's app. the scenario. Um, most people don't realize this, but when they're wearing Bluetooth headsets like the AirPods, they just assume that when they hit record on the standard camera on their iPhone that it's using that audio source, but guess what? It's actually not. And have you ever been in a situation where you have been, you know, holding up the camera and you switch between one view and the other and all of a sudden the audio wonks out on you, right? Yes. Yes. So it's because there's audio sources on both sides of the camera. So uh, it just automatically flips to the other audio source. So with this app, which we should mention costs a couple bucks. How much is it? Do you yeah, remember? It's five ninety nine. Right. So with this app, you can use a wireless headset like the AirPods, and you can even just put it in one ear if you want to, which is what mm-hmm. I did. And you can turn your head so people don't even know you have it. And you can be far away from your camera and it will pick up the audio perfectly. You could even technically hold it in your hand if you wanted to and use it as <laughs> as like as like a microphone between two different individuals it's pretty it's pretty slick that's the only reason i use it um but i'm now curious if you found any other reasons for it so here's another killer feature the movie pro uh app has a partner app that is called the movie pro remote app 
And this allows you to install this app on a different iOS device, have it be on the same Wi-Fi network, and then have your controls for the original phone or camera device be controlled by a separate device. Now that, you can imagine, comes into play even more importantly if you're using Bluetooth audio and you're far away from where your original camera uh, oh, that's is. awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Another example is like, let's say you've got a crazy selfie stick and you're in a super noisy environment and you want to show like a, the crowd, the, like the shot by holding up the, the selfie stick. There's no way that you're going to be, they're going to hear a word you say if you're not using a wireless headset, you know, mm-hmm. and this is an advantage to being able to do that as well. So I think it's really a great app for anybody who's doing any kind of logging with their phone. Um, yeah. like sometimes I do. Yeah. So this, I mean, again, this is, this is killer. I am contemplating grabbing the other app as well, uh, just to be able to have the ability to control this one. And again, the, the Bluetooth audio, uh, whether you're using AirPods or not, just huge deal. It's a huge deal. So again, it's five ninety nine. It's not free, but if you're interested in upping your video game and you've already got an iPhone or an iOS device, this is a really cool way of turning that into a much more powerful video blogging or, uh, you know, other types of video creation for your social media marketing. It's a great tool for that. Uh, you can find it at profilmmakerapps.com. And you can also find it in the app store on the phone too. Yes. Yes. Just type in all one word, movie pro. Thank you, Eric. You're welcome. Did you know that we can deliver awesome marketing info directly into your inbox? Simply subscribe to our weekly newsletter that comes out three days a week. You won't miss any of the updates going on in the world of social marketing. Visit socialmediaexaminer.com slash get updates. And now for today's interview with Jay Bear. Helping you to simplify your social safari. Here is this week's expert guide. Today I'm excited to be joined by Jay Bear. If you don't know who Jay is... He's the author of multiple books, including Hug Your Haters, and he's also the co-author of the new book, Talk Triggers, and he also founded Convince and Convert. Welcome back to the show, Jay. Thank you, my friend. Fantastic to be here. Hello, everybody out there. It's always so good to talk to you, Mike. Uh, Thanks for having me on the show. Awesome. Well, Jay, today you and I are going to explore how to get customers, prospects to become evangelists uh, for your business using word of mouth. And that's not a phrase that um, many people in our industry might be familiar with, but it's a phrase for all the, those us gray hair guys. You know what I mean? <laughs> Word of mouth yeah. has been around for a very, very long time. And I would love to uh, hear from your perspective, what is word of mouth, especially in the age and context of a social media era? A word of mouth is, is fairly simple. It's when a customer uh, tells somebody else uh, about a particular business and that uh, word of mouth conversation could be face-to-face, could be via email, could be via Skype, could be via Twitter or Facebook or Instagram or Snapchat or WeChat or any number of other things, could be a ratings and review site, could be a Yelp review, could be a TripAdvisor review, could be an Angie's List review. This happens all the time. I just finished a research project for the book launch, Mike, that found that 83% of Americans have engaged in some sort of word of mouth recommendation in the last 30 days. So almost all of us uh, do this and we don't even notice it. I was just at a party last night and I was talking with a bunch of friends uh, and and I just kind of listened for a while which is not my nature, as you know, but I just kind of listened and it was remarkable. In, in about three or four minutes, there's 
eight or 10 different word of mouth recommendations of movies, of books, of software, of conference speakers. And it was all of this, this recommendation just happening around us all the time. But in business and in social media, we tend to take it for granted. It's fascinating because in the olden days, word of mouth was really a one-to-one thing, right? It was really mm-hmm. like you yeah. telling someone else or or maybe a one-to-a-few if you're at a party like you mentioned. That's um, right. But now word of mouth is a little more than that because of things that you mentioned like Yelp, TripAdvisor. Um, if that is truly word of mouth, because that lives forever. Um, and you know, I'm curious, do you have a distinction between something that is a review and something that is just a off-the-cuff recommendation? The way the the way the research is structured, and not just ours, but other research by engagement labs and other experts in the field, really looks at it as online word of mouth, which is anything that happens on a computer. So from, from a research perspective, we look at Yelp as the same as Twitter. Now, we all know, listeners to this podcast, that Yelp is not the same as Twitter, but, but online word of mouth, which is typically anonymous or at least semi-anonymous, right? You don't know exactly who you're speaking to other than your you know, followers in, in aggregate uh, or the people who happen to see your Yelp. Review. So there's these sort of anonymous online word of mouth versus the non-anonymous offline word of mouth. What's interesting about that is that the, the newest research finds that word of mouth in total is about 50-50. So about half of all recommendations take place online, social review sites, and half of all recommendations take place offline, face-to-face, phone, et cetera. So they're, they're equally important, uh, but really neither is studied as much as they should in business because, Mike, the crazy thing about this is that depending on your business and, and what you sell, somewhere between 20 and 90% of every dollar that you have was influenced in some way by a word of mouth recommendation. So it's massively important to every business, but we don't actually have a strategy for it. Nobody has a strategy. Nobody has a word of mouth strategy. You have a social media strategy, presumably, and a content strategy, and maybe a PR strategy, and probably a digital strategy overall, maybe even a paid social media strategy. But nobody has a word of mouth strategy. We just assume that our customers will talk about us, but maybe they won't. I know that you and I talked uh, before this interview about the concept of viral social posts versus word of mm-hmm. mouth. Did you have anything more you wanted to say about that that you didn't mention? Well, the, 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 look, nobody is going to turn down virality, right? Um, virality is, uh, you know, it gets you disproportionate reach, generally speaking. That's why people try to go viral. The problem I have, and I, I wrote a blog post about this this week at Convince and Convert, this idea that surprise and delight uh, which is sort of where you treat a particular customer in some remarkable way, hoping that they'll share it in social and it will go viral and get picked up on Reddit or what have you. Mm-hmm. That's not a strategy, though. Right? That's a lottery ticket. That that's a stunt. That's you know, and that doesn't mean it, got, it doesn't mean it's a bad idea, but it's not repeatable, right? It's not something that that you can hang your business on and say look, the best way to grow any business is for your customers to grow it for you. Look, this is a perfect example. I remember the day you started this show. I remember the day you started the conference. The reason you're so successful is A, you have a terrific team. B, you're an extraordinary leader. But C, your customers and audience have grown it for you through word of mouth, right? They, people listen to the podcast. They get a great podcast recommendation for you. They go to the conference. You won't believe how good this conference is. The same thing happens with every business. It's just that most of us uh, don't do it intentionally. We, we just sort of do it accidentally. So the problem with word of mouth, with um, surprise and delight and sort of going viral is that, yeah, it might work once, but then what happens the next Monday? You can't do it over and over. Yeah, and I think that's what what's the, for people that might not understand what Jay means by surprise and delight, back in the day, 
you know, like Peter Shankman would talk about, you know, uh, an experience where he would have like a steak delivered to an airport, right? And Mm -hmm. that was an intentional stunt, if you will, right? That was uh, someone saw a tweet and they rushed someone with a steak to the airport because it was Peter Shankman. And because they knew he would do something about that, and that would lead to good PR. But that mm-hmm. is not scalable. That's what I'm hearing you say. And that may yeah, be a marketing strategy. And, that's, it's not, and yeah. it's not a strategy. It's not, you know, anything that's not scalable isn't strategic in a lot of ways, right? I mean, it's, right. Uh, you just can't, you can't rely on that and say, well, here's what we're going to do over the course of years. Right. We're going to build our business by giving out random stakes to influencers. You can't do that. Um, that doesn't mean it's a bad idea. It certainly created a lot of chatter and a lot of buzz about uh, Morton's Steakhouse in that case. But but that's not something that you can that you can use as a foundational building block. I'm talking about word of mouth that happens every day when you do something different in your company that customers notice and they tell their friends and they tell their friends and they tell their friends and they tell their friends. The, the best way to do this is to turn your customers into volunteer marketers. And that's one of the best uses of social. Look, one of the challenges we have in this community right now, Mike, and you know this as well as anybody, is that we've got all these people who know how to do social media now, but they have nothing to say. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and, and their company and their managers like, hey, go do go, go go do social media. It's like about what? About features and benefits of our company. Nobody cares about that. So if you can do something different in your company, if you have a talk trigger in the parlance of my book, that's one of the things that you can create really interesting social content about, right? You can you can use social media to amplify your core differentiator. Okay, so addressing and resummarizing a little bit of the why. So what I'm hearing you say is that in an age where everyone is pumping content out on social media, if you can get your customers to talk in a positive way, ideally, about your company, product, their experience, that will allow... Um, kind of a ripple effect or a quadrupling effect or something along those lines that could help your business? Am I hearing you right? And if so, what are the other reasons why marketers ought to consider this? Yeah, absolutely. And it's even more important in social because I think pretty much everybody listening will know that content in social created by quote unquote real people, your customers, can fare better than content created and disseminated and distributed by businesses. There's two reasons for that. User-generated content or content from real people tends to be much more trusted and persuasive. And second, perhaps most importantly, all of the social platforms, at least the ones we typically use most commonly here in the U.S., have made decisions that say we are going to algorithmically give less exposure to company posts, typically, and more exposure to posts from real people. Especially so when there's if, a lot of dialogue around that post. Darn right. So if if you are an actual person and I say, you know what is a great conference, Mike Stelzner's conference, and I put that on Facebook, that actually has more persuasive power and potentially more algorithmic reach power than if you put a post on Facebook saying how good your own conference is. Absolutely. Now, one of the things that's coming through my mind right now is this whole idea of getting, you know, a user generated content as you refer to it versus influencer marketing, um, mm-hmm. you know, because influencer marketing is a hot topic right now, but it's, it's yep. it sounds like it's fundamentally different than what you're talking about. So tell me kind of what's the pros of this yeah, versus I'm working with influencers. I'm glad you mentioned that. It, yeah. it is important because I, I want to make sure people understand that, that a talk trigger is a strategic operational choice that you make in your business to do something different. 
something different enough that customers will talk about it every day. And when that happens, your current customers recruit new customers. Now, a talk trigger isn't marketing. It's not a campaign. It's not a coupon. It's not a contest. It's an operational differentiator. Influencer marketing is marketing. It says it right in the name. Influencer marketing is go find somebody that you think has disproportionate influence and feed them stories. A talk trigger is a story that every customer can discover and every customer has a chance uh, to pass along. Maybe it would be useful to, to, to mention an example here. Yeah, go for um, it. Many folks are probably familiar with the Doubletree Hotel brand. Doubletree Hotels by Hilton has been giving each guest a warm chocolate chip cookie upon check-in every single day now for 30 years. 30 years. Each day, they currently give out 75,000 warm chocolate chip cookies. They have ovens in each hotel. Now, I did a survey of 1,000 Doubletree customers with my co-author, Daniel Lemon. We found that 34% of Doubletree customers have mentioned that cookie without being asked, but have told somebody else about it, social media or face-to-face, in the last 60 days. So on average, Mike, that means that 25,500 Doubletree customers talk about that cookie every day. Now, when's the last time you saw a Doubletree ad? Yeah, and how much does a cookie cost? <laughs> I mean, it's a pretty good cookie. I know how much they cost. Um, it's not cheap, but they don't do a much. They don't do much advertising because the cookie is the ad. The customers are the marketing. But it's got to be more economical than marketing, right? I mean, it's got to be way more economical than placing ads all over the place. Uh, you know, I, thank you for drawing that conclusion. I don't know that to be true uh, in their particular case. I do yeah. know it to be true in some other examples of the book, but it would certainly stand to reason that that is, in fact, the case. They don't do a lot of advertising. But what's interesting about it is A, if you go to Twitter right now and search Doubletree plus cookie, you will see dozens and dozens and dozens and dozens of posts from people taking pictures of the cookie, talking about the cookie, hilarious things about the cookie. And then every once in a while, not a lot, just every once in a while, Doubletree just kind of throws out their own little post with a recipe, with some little joke. They're just stoking the flame in social every once in a while to make sure everybody remembers what their talk trigger is. So if you give a customer a cookie, dot, dot, dot. <laughs> yeah, there should be a book for, about that. For any parents who know, if you give a mouse a cookie. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> that would be like, hey, maybe you should make an illustrated version of your book. <laughs> That'd be fun. That's a good idea. I like that. Well, it's already kind of a crazy book. The cover of the book has alpacas on it, and the book is hot pink. So oh. if you're in a bookstore, if you're in a bookstore and like, hey, uh, what's that book with alpacas on it and why is it hot pink? You'll know it's the right book. Also, you know, it's a book about talk triggers, right? It's a book right. about differentiation and word of mouth and getting people talking. Right. Daniel and I have our own uh, talk trigger. You'll appreciate this. Um, on the back of the cover is a big like seal. It says satisfaction guaranteed. If you do not love this book unconditionally, send an email to the authors, an email address there. And they will buy you any other book of your choosing, regardless of cost. Huh. And we will. And we will. And that is a talk trigger now, isn't it? That's the idea. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> so, so, so just in summary, it sounds as if user generated, getting customers to talk about you, first of all, I believe the hypothesis that you're placing forward 
um, which is that that is going to create uh, buzz, which will ultimately benefit your business. Yep. But I also believe that it is a very economical alternative to other forms of marketing. Influencer, can be. influencer marketing can be exceptionally expensive and does not have necessarily the long tail that this could have because influencer marketing might have a nice little burst in the period of time that it happens, but this is something that could have a long-term impact down the road, or at least that's what it sounds like. Am I, am I close to accurate before we get into Abs- like, yeah, actually, yeah absolutely. That's, that's exactly right. This is, this is not a, this is not a 30 day play, right? This is a, a, something that you do differently in your business and hopefully you never stop. Now, sometimes though, Sometimes you do have to stop. I'll give you, I'll give you an example just to illustrate that point. Uh, you may know the talk trigger of the company Enterprise Rent-A-Car. For yes, we pick you up. decades, we pick you up. You nailed it, right? That was their thing. They, they, that was their slogan. It was such a talk trigger, right? It was inherent. It was endemic. It was in the DNA of the company. They were the only ones that would do that. Avis wouldn't pick you up. Hertz wouldn't pick you up. Budget wouldn't pick you up. Only Enterprise would pick you up. Well, that was their talk trigger for a long time, created a lot of conversation. Here's the problem. We actually did a bunch of social chatter analysis and found that nobody, nobody talks about that anymore in social. Why? Because we all have Uber, right? If I can pick out my phone and press a button and somebody will pick me up all the time, why do I need my rental car guy to pick me up? It doesn't make any sense anymore. Right. So sometimes your differentiator gets sort of, you know, it just gets co-opted by a technology change or, or even by competition. Uh, you may remember that at one point, Weston Hotels, uh, another hotel example, Weston Hotels did this thing called the Heavenly Bed, where their idea was going to be to have the comfiest bed in all of hotel land. Huh. And they put a bunch of money into it. That was going to be their talk trigger. Well, the problem is it's hard to own that. And Marriott's like, no, man, our beds are nice too. And Hilton Garden Inn's like, our beds are nice too. And so they couldn't protect it. Mm. Uh, and so they had to go back to the drawing board. And so now Weston's talk trigger is they'll, they they give you workout uh, clothes, right? And they're a little bit more environmental and you can get a workout outfit for $5 and they'll bring you shoes and, and shorts and t-shirt and all that kind of stuff. So they had to go with something else. Sometimes it happens. All right. Before we get into the, how we, how we can get people to recommend us. Um, I know a lot of the examples you've been talking about are relatively large brands. Does this apply to small businesses as well? Oh. Even more so, like especially small businesses, because small businesses usually have a little bit of a better um, handle on who the customers are, uh, and and it's just easier to get those customers to talk to one another in a smaller scale. I've got two great examples I'm going to tell you. One I just discovered, I think maybe even since you and I chatted about this originally, I was uh, doing an event in Seattle like two weeks ago. And guy comes up to me after my talk and says, hey, I've got a talk trigger for you. You don't know this one. It's not in your time. I'm like, please tell me. I'm always looking for new examples. He's like, okay, there's a guy here in Seattle. He's a vasectomy surgeon. He only does vasectomy surgeries. That's it. Mm-hmm. His name is Dr. Snip, which in and of itself is hilarious. <laughs> oh, Second, every patient, every patient gets a pocket knife on the way out the door that says Dr. Snip vasectomy surgeon and a phone number and a URL. So you're like using your knife to open a bottle or you're fishing with your buddies. Guys, hey, man, where'd you get that sweet knife? Oh, I got it from my vasectomy guy, Dr. Snip. That's amazing. It's a Smart. fantastic talk trigger. Smart. You said you had, and you said you had a second one? Yeah. Uh, th- this restaurant in Sacramento, California, this is one of my favorite examples uh, called Skip's Kitchen. So Skip's is a counter service restaurant. You walk to the counter, you say, I want two patty melts. I want to order onion rings. I want a chocolate shake. And then when your food's ready, they bring it to your table. Pretty simple premise. But they have a talk trigger. Before you pay your money, whoever's working the counter whips out a deck of cards from under the counter and they fan them out face down right in front of you. Like, Mike, pick a card. Okay. And you, and you pick a card, and if you get a joker, your entire meal is free. 
whether you've ordered for just yourself or an entire soccer team. Your entire meal is free. Now, Skips has a line to get in almost every single day. They were recently named the 29th best hamburger restaurant in America by USA Today newspaper. This is despite the fact they have never, in the 10 years they've been open, spent a single penny on advertising. Not a dime, not a nickel, not a penny. They've never run an ad. Huh. And they're always full. Because, on average, three people a day win this Joker game. And when they win... They go crazy. They're taking patty melt selfies, and it's like they're going live. And on every, Instagram everybody in there is looking around too, like what the heck just happened? Probably right. <laughs> yeah, they're freaking out, right? There's all kinds of reviews on Yelp and TripAdvisor. It's like a whole thing, right? So, and you don't have to win to tell the story. You just have to know that you had a chance to win because everybody gets a crack at it, right? Which is one of the key principles of talk triggers. Huh. It, it, everybody has to get a crack at it, right? Uh, and and it just works and works and works and works over and over and over and over. And it's not that hard. Awesome. All right. So let's just define exactly what a talk trigger is and then we'll yes. get through the different types. You bet. It's a strategic operational choice that compels word of mouth. A strategic so operational choice that compels word of mouth. Okay, elaborate on that. It's, it's something that you choose to do differently in your business that customers notice and talk about. Okay. That's it? That's it. All right. That's it. So, I mean, that's it. Giving away a knife is an operational choice. Got it. Got it. Allowing people to pick, pick a deck of cards is an operational choice. Um, it's not it's not a marketing campaign, right? It's an it's something you just do. It's something you do differently, not something you say differently. Awesome. All right. Well, I know you've got a bunch of different types. Um, yeah. So let's go ahead and maybe spend a little time talking about you know some of them and what we can yeah. learn from that. Yeah. So it, 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 we're really intent. Look, let me just say this: there are a number of good books about word of mouth, uh, and there have been several great books about word of mouth written in the last twenty years. The issue that I have with the industry is that there's never really been a book on word of mouth that showed you exactly how to do it. A lot of books that say this is important, you should think about it, I concur. What Daniel and I tried to do is create a book with a very specific framework that any business, and I mean any business, can put into practice. And I know this is true because I've been talking about this now for a year before the book came out. And I've worked with thousands and thousands of people, almost all of them small businesses, who are now putting this into practice. So I know it's totally doable. So consequently, the book is structured this way in a four, five, six system. So there's four ingredients of a talk trigger, four things that your differentiator must contain for it to work. Then there's five different types of talk triggers, five categories. And then it's a six-step process for how to actually figure out how to do this in your own business. And just before I get into the fours and the fives, um, we probably won't get into the six-step process here because it gets a little granular, but I want to make sure that whether or not they buy the book, and certainly feel free to do so, that would make me happy. But if they don't, I want to make sure your listeners, uh, Mr. Stelzner, do this, right? It, it would mean a lot to me for them to actually start to create more customers with word of mouth. So if they go to talktriggers.com slash SME, talktriggers.com slash SME, uh, you can download the six-step process uh, for free. We just want you to have it uh, and hope that you use it to improve your business. Cool. All right. So where do you want to start? Um, let's start with, let, let's start with the, um, uh, the four ingredients. I think that's the easiest place to start. So the first thing your differentiator must be is it has to be remarkable, right? In the actual like definition of that word, which is worthy of remark. Like I don't know everybody listening. I definitely know some of the listeners, I suspect. But I know this. 
Nobody listening to this show right now has ever said, hey, um, let me tell you about this perfectly adequate experience I just had. <laughs> right, right, right. Because when you tell somebody a story, whether it's face-to-face or on Twitter or on Facebook or on Instagram, you typically want to tell a story that the listener finds interesting. Otherwise, what's the point? So this, the, the talk trigger has to be something like, wow. Like if I tell you everybody gets a, a pocket knife after their vasectomy, you're like, wow, I've never heard of that. If I say everybody who orders a, a, a burger gets to pick from a deck of cards, like, wow, I've never heard of that before. So it has to meet that test. Right. Has to be remarkable. Second thing is it has to be repeatable. And when we talk about the difference between surprise and delight and kind of stunt-based viral marketing and talk triggers, this is where this difference uh, really shows up. So a talk trigger has to be available to everybody. Everybody gets a knife. Everybody gets a chocolate chip cookie. Everybody gets a chance to play the Joker game, right? It's not once in a while. It's not ladies' night. It's not best customers. It's not on your birthday. It's everybody, okay? Third thing your talk trigger has to be is it has to be reasonable. One of the other things we we do a lot in marketing now is we try to break through uh, clutter we try to get attention by by doing something really big and bold, right? We're like, we're going to have a contest, right? And uh, you're going to submit, uh, you know, do, do a hashtag contest. And one of you is going to win an island. Yeah. Like, Wait, what? That, right. that seems, what? And so our tendency sometimes is to, is to say, well, if we just make the prize bigger, then people will pay more attention to us. They will, but not in the way you want. And there's only so many islands you can give away. And once you're done giving it away, what are you going to do next, right? (laughs) There's only so many islands. (laughs) What happens is that when you you do something that's too grand, it actually creates suspicion. Right. And the conversation it creates is not about the differentiator. It's about your terms and conditions. Right. It's like, well, wait a second. What's the catch here? There's no way. So what you want is something that's in the Goldilocks zone. It's different enough to be talkable but not so big that it's untrustworthy. Got it. So it needs to be reasonable. And the fourth thing it has to be is it has to be relevant, right? So like there's a, a story in the book, a small business guy, his name's Jay Sofer. He's a locksmith in Manhattan. And he's the highest rated locksmith in Manhattan on Yelp. He gets all kinds of tweets and Facebook love. Uh, and he has a talk trigger. And a way, what happens is he finishes working on your locks and then he does a security audit of your entire premise for free. And then he oils every door and window lock for free. That's his talk trigger. It's amazing, right? Huh. Really nice. Now, that works for him because like, all right, you're a locksmith and you're going to do a security audit of my locks. I'm like, okay. If you're Jay Sofer, the locksmith, and you have finished working on your house, Mike, I'm like, hey, would you like a warm chocolate chip cookie I baked in my van? Right. You're like, no, I don't want that at all. Right. And that's creepy and weird, right? So – the cookie thing works for Doubletree because Doubletree's whole brand positioning is warm welcome. Got That's it. what they focus on. They focus on the 10 minutes between once you step through the front door and then you step through your room door. That's what they focus on, right? So the cookie makes sense in that context. It makes sense for the locksmith to do a security audit, right? It makes sense for Dr. Snip to give you a pocket knife. It has to be in context. Perfect. Um, so sometimes people do things that that like, well, let's, you know, let's give away a let's give away an alpaca. Let's, you know, like, well, no, that that's too weird, right? So those are the four things that it has to be. It has to be remarkable, has to be repeatable, has to be reasonable, and has to be relevant. One of the things that I think might be a talk trigger, trigger about social media marketing world, because we've heard so many people talk about it, is the fact that we put toothbrushes in the bathroom at the convention center. Great. 
I don't know if I don't know if it meets all these criteria because eventually those toothbrushes do run out. But but we've heard so many people say the fact that there's mouthwash and toothbrushes inside the convention center is a big deal for them because they don't have to go back to their hotel. Yep. So and I don't know. Does that consider a talk trigger? That's, yeah, I think that's a good one. Uh, and, and what I would do, and like as you mentioned, you've already done this sort of accidentally, this idea of probing what people talk about. That's one of the ways that we get at it in the six-step process. We do a fairly serious online and offline chatter analysis and say, okay, what are people talking about already, right? And that kind of gives you the raw materials for for where to head next. I would also say that that the song every year, right, the social media – Oh yeah, the original Marketing songs and stuff. Song, the yeah. original song, man. Nobody does that. Right. Everybody talks about it. Uh, everybody's part of it. I, you know, I would I would say that's uh, you know potential talk trigger as well. Awesome. All right. Well, um, now that we understand what the um, the, the elements are: remarkable, repeatable, yep. reasonable, and relevant. Let's talk about some different kinds of talk triggers. There are five types of talk triggers um, that you can choose from. The first one is the one we've talked about the most, and we've done it the most because it's the easiest to envision and execute, and that is talkable generosity. Hmm. That's when you do something uh, more generous than customers expect, right? So so toothbrushes right. Um, is is talkable generosity, free toothbrushes. So is a free cookie, right? So is a security audit. So is a knife. Right. Almost every example we've talked about uh, so far is talkable generosity. So that's one option. Second option is talkable responsiveness. This is when you are faster than your customers expect uh, or sort of more on top of it. So maybe you answer I, – I found one the other day. I was in Indianapolis doing an event, and there's a, a um, accountant there, and small two-man accounting firm. But if you look at their reviews, uh, Google reviews and, and, uh, and reviews on Facebook, like 82% of the reviews that people leave about these guys – say they answered the phone on the first ring. Wow, okay. Right? So so you don't expect that from an accountant typically. So they they have they are talkably responsive. So that's an option. Now wait a minute, hold on a second. I want to comment on this. Way back in yeah. the day I used to work for Sears. Mm-hmm. And I worked in their computer department when they first implemented a computer department. I eventually went over to electronics. They had what's called the three-second rule. And mm-hmm. what it was is you had three seconds to acknowledge a customer when they walked on the carpet. And, um, you know, off the main aisle into the carpet, you had three seconds to, to acknowledge them and welcome them. And I would imagine that's responsiveness because it's, you know, how many times have you walked into an electronics store and then you're just waiting for someone to come up to you? <laughs> yes. I don't know if that counts yeah, or not, but is that, is yes. that, okay. Yeah. So that's, you know, that's a, that's a terrific one, especially if people notice it enough to talk about it. Um, yeah. uh, the, the, one of the examples we have in the book is a company called Paragon Honda. Uh, it's really smart. So they are an auto dealership and, and, um, uh, you know, they, they do vehicle repair and service of course, uh, but they're in Manhattan. The problem in Manhattan is how do you get the cars, you know, to and from, and the traffic and everything, it's nuts. So they were talking about building like four other service centers in like different corners of the island, but that's pretty expensive. So what they decided to do now is they're like, okay, when do people not need their cars? Well, when they're sleeping. So now they do 24 hours a day service. They pick up your car from your house, work on it at night like elves in a workshop, and then bring it back to your house before you go to work. Now that is cool. Smart, right? Totally smart. That is really cool. Okay, good. So um, we've talked about generosity and we've talked about responsiveness. Um, Does responsiveness always have to be like first ring kind of thing or can it just be um, so much better than what the expectation is, I guess? 
that would typically fall into the next category, which is uh, talkable empathy. Mm, okay. Which is one that wouldn't have made the list probably two, three years ago. Uh, but I think it's safe to say that we are in a bit of an empathy deficit these days. And I sort of discovered this while working on the Hug Your Haters book that, you know, there was a time, you're, you're old enough to remember, as am I, when we treated customers with respect and dignity and humanity and real care and and, and, and nurturing kind of as a default. Like that's what you did. And then sometimes there's an exception because that customer's a jerk. Right. But usually the default state was empathy. Now it's not, uh, neither in business nor in the world around us. And so when you still go to that well, when you are still the brand that is particularly empathetic and you're really great at handling complaints on Facebook or Twitter or face-to-face, uh, and people can't believe it and they tell their friends about it because it happens so rarely. Like if you get extraordinarily good treatment from uh, a local merchant or from at an airport, uh, you'll tell that story over and over. Is Zappos an example of this, their customer service department? What's that? Is Zappos an example of this? Sure, of course. Yeah, we didn't use it in the book because it's so well-known. It's almost almost a trope now. But yes, of course, uh, absolutely. And for people that don't know, you you can call Zappos and ask them anything. Just yeah, like the library, you hang out. You just hang out with them, right? They, they will, they will do whatever it takes. So, um, so what is a good example of um, empathy um, nowadays? Well, I, I think one of the best examples um, is a, another small business example. Is my friend Glenn Gorab, and Glenn is an oral surgeon in New Jersey. And he operates in the sort of New York, New Jersey, Connecticut, tri-state area. So there's hundreds, literally hundreds of oral surgeons in the region. He has the highest reviews of all of them. And it's not because he's the best surgeon. By his own admission, he says, Jay, I'm a good surgeon. I'm damn good. But I'm not the best. There's no way I'm the best. But I may have the best relationship with my patients. And it's because he's talkably empathetic. Here's his talk trigger, Mike. Every Friday, his staff gives him a list of names and phone numbers. Every Saturday, he calls each of those people. He says, hi, I'm Glenn. I'm your oral surgeon. I understand that you're coming into the office for the very first time next week. Do you have any questions? My guess is he gets voicemail most of the time. He doesn't even have to talk to humans. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. And people can't believe it. They're freaking out. They're like, wait a second. Like, because, you know, a lot of our listeners here have had some sort of oral procedure. Perhaps you get your wisdom tooth out or a root canal or an extraction of some sort. And 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 maybe your oral surgeon called you that night. They're like, hey, how you doing? How's the pain? Are you bleeding to death? That's usually what they ask. So getting a phone call after the fact is is nice. It's a nice gesture, but it's not a talk trigger. But nobody gets a call before you've ever set foot in the doctor's office for the first time. It just isn't done. But he does it, and it's very simple. And he told me, he said, Jay, I get people calling every single day who say, I drive 12 miles out of my way to come see you because you're the doctor who called my friend before she ever came to your office. Wow, that's amazing. Right? Why do you think that Again, is so important? I think in that profession in particular, there is a, a lot of fear, uh, maybe. A lot of fear, yeah. uh, especially for surgeons, probably even more so than a regular general dentist. And I think there's, in many cases, distance between physicians and patients. Right. Some of that's trained trained into them by med school. Um, you know, you talk about bedside manner, right? Well, that, that starts before you show up. Right. right. Awesome. Awesome. Okay, we've talked about generosity, responsiveness, and empathy. Are there any others? 
Yeah, two more. Uh, talk about youthfulness, which is very similar to my book uh, you may remember. I wrote called Utility, same idea, where you are more useful than your customers expect in, in some uh, way, shape, or form. So that could be um, some terrific content that you create. It could be something else that you do in the context of your business. Hmm. Um, uh, so that that's, that's a terrific one as well. So um, let's explore that a little bit more because – I think this is probably one of the easier ones that we could potentially do. I don't know. Maybe it's just because like, maybe because you threw out the word content, but I think the idea of like providing exceptionally useful information, you know, to your customers, um, like for example, I have a security system in my house and it was totally not intuitive, (laughs) you know? (laughs) And like, I spent like days trying to figure the technology out and eventually found some videos that sure would have been nice if they just said, go here, watch this video. You know what I mean? Yes. Um, and it's not my first security system, you know? And it's like, man, you know, who the, who in the world designed these things? Like most humans could never figure these things out. So I would imagine even usefulness on like, um, here's how your product, here's how you can get the best out of your product. By the way, I also had uh, a dishwasher installed, a melee, I think is how you say it, a German thing. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I don't know if you heard of this or not, but they literally um, sent a melee representative to my house after it was installed to train me on how to use the thing. And really? They, I have not heard of that. That's a good talk trigger. They trained me on how to use it. They told me how to how how to not wash off they my dishes. They sent a guy? They sent a guy to my house wow. and they said, here's the thing. Fork off your stuff. Do not do not completely clean it and stick it in there. And here's how you can use these different collapsible shelves and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And and that was that's they do that for everyone. Now that that's is useful, don't you think? Yeah, oh, that's a good one. I didn't know that. Sorry, that's a really good one. Uh, and, and it's funny because dishwashers in particular, I always feel like, all right, there's like 14 different cycle modes here. Like, I don't, I don't know what <laughs> which one of these it is. Like, is this like a super power scrub wash, or is this like a regular? Like, how am I supposed to know that? Yeah, exactly. So I think it's M I E L E is the brand. But yeah, yeah, it, yeah it, I think. It, but so okay, like, so that's an example. Okay, good. So we've yep. got usefulness, um, and yep. that was definitely useful because I've I've since trained the rest of my family how to use the yeah, and, thing. and here you are talking about you told me about it, and there you many go. many thousands of people. So it's clearly a, an effective talk trigger for them. Awesome. Uh, and the last one is is the one that's the most fun, but perhaps the only one that I would say is not doable for every business. And it's talkable attitude. Mm. That's when you're just a little different, right? You just sort of do things a little differently, a little funnier, a little more wacky, a little more whatever, right? And And not every business can carry that off culturally. But if you can, if that's sort of in your DNA, uh, talkable attitude is a great one uh, and can be really, really effective. One of the examples we use in the book is the company Uber Conference. Do you know those guys? Um, Free conference sure. call service? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh, I know them. So so they have an on-hold song, which is not like the regular smooth jazz, is a hilarious, super catchy very, very uh, creative on hold song that that's the song that everybody gets. Right. And, and it has propelled their business forward. Just the fact that they have this wacky hold music. Uh, and if you go on Twitter and do, you know, Uber, Conf- Uber conference plus on hold, you'll see tweet, 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 tweet of people saying, look, I will only use this conference call service the rest of my life because the on hold music is so funny. Well, here's another one. Have you ever heard of man crates? Yeah. I love those guys. Listen to yeah. this. Here's our manifesto. 
First of all, when you go on their website, you see you see what looks like a uh, a bunch of people with a bunch of crates, and it looks like it's 1920s, and it says, we believe men deserve better gifts, gifts that stir our primal craze of chest bumps and cheers, not polite half smiles. <laughs> yep. And that's the kind of thing I think that you're talking about, right? Because it's like, wow, there's something, and, and it looks like they pack everything like in ammo cans and wooden crates and stuff yes, like that. Yeah, my dad sent me one for uh, my birthday last year, and I had to like open it with a crowbar and like this whole thing. Yeah. It makes for great unboxing videos. I mean, is that 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 qualifies under this attitude yes, thing, right? Definitely. I'll give you. I'll tell you one of my favorite talkable attitude examples. There's a bar in Great Falls, Montana. Okay, so Great Falls, Montana is out of the way even by Montana standards, which mm. is saying something. Great Falls, Montana has a bar called the Sip and Dip Lounge. Sip and Dip Lounge has been there for like 58 years, I think. Yet last year, it was named one of the top 10 bars in America that you should fly to by GQ magazine. That you should fly to, okay. Fly, you're like, just go, make a trip. It's worth a whole trip. So here's their talk trigger. Every night from nine o'clock to midnight, behind the bar is a giant aquarium. It's actually a swimming pool, but they think it's an aquarium. And from nine to midnight, live human mermaids swimming behind the bar. Ah, okay, very fascinating. Mermaid bar. <laughs> that's talkable attitude right yeah there. that's awesome because look if you go to that bar there is literally a zero percent chance that you're not mentioning mermaids to somebody I yeah mean, it's just it's i mean they, 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 there's just no way right so it's gonna happen um so that's you know sometimes you can do really fun stuff like that but see what i mean not every business can make that one work right absolutely because you got it you got to kind of you got to feel it now we talked about your talk trigger earlier and the toothbrush being talkable generosity. Right. I think the, the the original song that you create every year is is a talkable attitude talk trigger. Mm, very fascinating. Well, um, first of all, Jay, thank you for going down this path and writing yeah. this book uh, with wow. Daniel. And um, it. and it's funny. It's funny to do something that's like not strictly not strictly digital, right? It's digital, but yet it's not. And it's been really really fun. We're doing a bunch of consulting around it now too, and it's a blast. It, it it's. Uh, that's uh, awesome. We're, well, we're really proud of it. Tell everybody again where they can. Um, I think you had you had a URL where they yeah. could learn more. Go talk, and the, yep. yeah, go, go to talktriggers.com. Talktriggers plural. Talktriggers.com slash SME, and you'll get to download the six step process for free, and it'll show you how to get the book as well. And if people want to reach out to you, is there a preferred social network or platform you want to send them to? Oh, uh, you can find me pretty much everywhere, of course, uh, but probably Jay Bear on Twitter. And that's B-A-E-R. Jay Bear, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your wisdom with us this week. Thanks, buddy. I appreciate it. I'll see you soon. Well, I hope you found a lot of value in today's podcast episode. If you heard anything and you missed the notes, don't worry. We take it all for you. Simply visit socialmediaexaminer.com slash 322. This brings us to the end of another episode of the Social Media Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner. I'll be back with you next week. I hope you make the absolute best out of your day and may social media continue to change your world. The Social Media Marketing Podcast is a production of Social Media Examiner. Want more good stuff? Sign up for our top-notch social marketing newsletter. We deliver it straight into your inbox three days a week. Visit socialmediaexaminer.com slash get updates.